my journey has taught me that you really have to let go of this idea of perfection. I think that we have sometimes a one-sided view of what it means to be successful. Um, and a part of success is failure. A part of success is falling down. A part of success is, um, you know, just being genuine to who you are. And I think that my journey, because I've had failures, because I've had setbacks, it taught me that success isn't one-sided. Welcome to our Crafting Wellness Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Janess. Well, thank you so much for joining our podcast. And um, for everyone who doesn't know your story and know who you are, can you just give us a little rundown and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is um, Janess and I'm 30 years old. I live in Massachusetts and I'm currently a trauma nurse practitioner at my local hospital. That's awesome. Yeah, for everyone who doesn't know, um, Janess has a really interesting story of how she became a registered nurse practitioner in Massachusetts. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of how you became a nurse practitioner? My journey in nursing started um, in 2010. Um, I had wanted to be a lawyer my whole life got discouraged in high school um, and felt that I couldn't do it. So then um, I had a conversation with the nurse in the emergency room one day. Um, I was there with a family member and he described to me nursing, how great it was, um, how social, you know, you get to talk all the time and meet new people. And um, he mentioned that um, you make a lot of money. And at that age, I was like, yep, this is like, I can do this. So I decided um, that I was going to go to a community college for a year to make sure that I liked science and that I could actually like perform well in nursing. Because like I said, everything that I had taken prior to that was with the goal of being a lawyer. Um, so I went a year to a community college in my area and then um, said, yep, absolutely. Nursing is for me um, and started nursing school in 2010. At the same time, I got a job as a custodian um, at my local hospital. And my idea for that was just, I needed a stable job while I was in nursing school. And I applied for everything, environmental and dietary, like anything that I was qualified for, I applied for and um, I got the custodian job. Um, so I worked in the um, day-stay operating rooms. So people would come in for a surgery and then leave the same day mostly. Um, so I would clean the operating rooms at night after the surgeries. Um, and I worked doing that my entire nursing uh, school. Um, I graduated in 2014 with my bachelor's in nursing. Um, I didn't immediately get a job in the hospital that I work in currently. Um, I went out to work in the community in substance abuse and um, as a correctional nurse. Uh, in 2016, I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school um, to become a nurse practitioner. Um, I got my degree as a nurse practitioner uh, in 2020, um, and I currently now work in the same hospital that I worked in as a custodian, um, but now I'm a nurse practitioner in the trauma surgery department. 
Yes, I love the story so much. Um, every, I, I just, I can't get enough of it. I do have a question here and you talk about this. Um, so while you were a custodian back in 2010 to 14, while you were in nursing school initially, were you working nights and going to school during the day? Like how did you balance your work uh, career life, your school mm -hmm. career? How did you, how were you able to kind of get through school? Cause I know nursing school is not easy and, mm -hmm. uh, and still be working. Can you talk a little bit about your hours and what that grind was like? So I, um, honestly, I was just young, right? So I was like 19, 20. Um, I had a lot of energy um, and I had a lot of drive because I knew that like I had to do this. I had to become a nurse um, to be able to support myself financially. And just because like my dream had always been to graduate from college. So I had just like this unrelentless motivation to keep going no matter what. Um, my days usually started around seven. Um, I would go to school, go to clinical, and then I worked Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, and then if I was able to like squeeze in um, some extra hours because maybe, you know, a week wasn't so heavy with schoolwork, then I would work like either six um, to 11.30 or 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., depending on um, my schedule with school. But like I said, I just had this like fire inside of me that I had to finish that um, it was a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of caffeine, um, but I made it through. Like it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> there's this uh, saying about like, uncomfortable now for a more comfortable future. You know, you got to work hard now in the moment and, and that uncomfortable, the sleepless nights, the sacrifices and all that. So that later down the line, you can be where you want to be. And when you yeah. were, um, when you went to nurse, to become a nurse practitioner in 2000, what, 17 or 16? So 16. 16 mm -hmm. to 2020, were you doing similar similar work at the hospital while you were, when you were, you were a nurse in that hospital right. while you were going to school to become a nurse practitioner. Uh, so what was that schedule like? Okay. So that was a little bit crazier <laughs> than my bachelor's schedule. Um, so, oh gosh, it's like PTSD going back to those times. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So, um, basically, uh, I worked part-time 7 PM to 7 AM. Um, and because I was part-time for, a, well, a part of it, I was full-time, a part of it, I was part-time, but, um, either way I worked 7 PM to 7 AM. Um, and then I had school on Wednesdays. Um, so I never worked Tuesday nights so that I could go to school on Wednesday. And then I fit my clinical hours in where I could. So like, um, on my weekends off, um, Thankfully, because I worked in acute care, sometimes my clinicals were overnight, so I could just keep on the same schedule. Sometimes they were like at eight in the morning, so I would have to like go to clinical all day from eight to five and then work seven to seven. Um, so it just depended on what clinical I was in, um, really what my schedule was, but I really just, um, again, many sleepless nights, many sleepless days, I think the longest I went without sleeping was 48 hours. I think I didn't sleep for two days trying to like, um, you know, I had to work, go to clinical and work again, um, just to like get my um, hours in, um, but it's done. <laughs> wow, congratulations on graduating last, last year. 
to become a nurse practitioner. That's amazing. I know that um, you've had a, a few challenges along the way, COVID being one of those. I'm sure you, did you graduate during, during the pandemic? Did you actually get a ceremony? No. So um, yes, I graduated during um, the pandemic and no, I didn't get a ceremony. Um, yeah, so it was just really a different experience to find a job through a pandemic, um, graduate through a pandemic, take my boards through a pandemic. Um, I think it was kind of the cherry on top of my whole experience of, you know, going from a custodian to a nurse practitioner. It was just a cherry on top. The last like obstacle I had to like overcome to get to where I am today. Yeah, that's incredible. I love your journey so much. For everyone who's um, kind of watching and listening who doesn't really know, can you explain because uh, you were a custodian in operating rooms, right? I think I read that in the article. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about um, that journey to work a custodian in the hospital that you work at currently now as a nurse mm -hmm. practitioner? But while mm -hmm. you were um, going through nursing school in your entire journey, you were working as a custodian in that hospital. Is that right? Correct. So I started working at my hospital in 2010 as a custodian. Um, and I worked there for four years through nursing school. Um, I didn't immediately get a job there as a nurse. I um, left for um, about a year and a half um, to work out in the community. Um, and then when I decided to go back to nurse practitioner school, um, I wanted inpatient nurse practitioner or acute care nurse practitioner. Um, so I needed to work in the hospital. And then I applied again with more experience as a nurse um, and became a nurse at Bay State. I wanna say it was 2017-ish. Um, and then I worked there as a nurse until I graduated last year. They don't know what acute care is. Can you explain mm -hmm. that for everyone who doesn't know? Sure, so um, nurse practitioners, um, their education or our education is divided into populations or, um, so for example, there's a family nurse practitioner who can take care of people, mostly in the outpatient setting from um, birth to death. Um, they have the full spectrum, um, but acute care nurse practitioner, um, I can take care of uh, patients 13 and older. Um, and my focus is more inpatient acute care. So um, whether it's the ICU or the regular floor, a lot of my education was geared to in the hospital. Thank you for explaining that. I also wonder, you talk a little bit about how after you went to nursing school initially um, and graduated in 2014, you went out and worked in the community. Can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit more about what you were doing out there? Initially, out of nursing school, I worked at um, a correctional facility, the men's uh, county jail here in my area. And that was an interesting experience. I, um, I would say that it's, it works a lot like an urgent care um, or like a doctor's office where you see patients for different things, a cold, um, back pain, chest pain, things like that. And then um, maybe a little more acute things like um, people after they've been in an altercation and things like that, but it functions a lot like an urgent care. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a great place for me to learn my assessments because sometimes it was just myself and another nurse. So we didn't have like a physician or any um, provider NPPA on site. Um, so that definitely helped me um, be stronger in my assessment skills. And then um, 
I did that for about a year or so. Um, and then I worked in a substance abuse clinic um, out in the community, helping patients who were um, using opiates, like helping them um, through the process of um, not using drugs anymore. I love your journey so much because I think you kind of took a very a, a perspective that I don't think a lot of people have. I mean, think I think just working in a hospital as a custodian, I'm sure you saw a lot of things, met a lot of people, learned a lot of things just by being there and watching while you were in nursing school. And then also, you know, working out in the community with others, that experience had to be really great to prepare you for the position that you're in now. I think it's really inspiring to, uh, for people listening and watching, to understand that, um, you know, life is a journey and it doesn't always go like one way. It kind of can take you all these different places, but when it does, it's only preparing you for the next step in your life. And at the end of the day, we can get there all kinds of ways. Everybody's <laughs> journey and story is going to be different on how they got into healthcare um, and how they found that calling. But I think your journey is so beautiful. And I would love, love, love to talk a little bit more about, I know in the article, kind of just talk about how I, I can't exactly remember the quote, but it was really beautifully said. It was something about how, um, you know, having an education is great and it's something to be very proud of, but it doesn't make you better than someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's such a beautiful message because um, at the end, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people trying to do our best and trying to love each other and trying to get through this crazy life. My journey has taught me that you really have to let go of this idea of perfection. So when I said that, that education um, is, a, is a great thing. I mean, it's what helped me get to where I am. Um, but it's, that's not the case for everyone um, because I think that we have sometimes a one-sided view of what it means to be successful. Um, and a part of success is failure. A part of success is falling down. A part of success is, um, you know, just being genuine to who you are. And I think that my journey, because I've had failures, because I've had setbacks, it taught me that success isn't one-sided because although you know, um, education really got me here. Something like um, being able to speak to you and, and help motivate people is beautiful and it's a different success than my education. You know, so I think that um, it's really important to um, say and make a clear point that success for everyone is different and to not feel discouraged because you don't have a doctorate because you don't need a doctorate to be a successful person. Success isn't academic, success isn't a degree, success is what you think it is. Um, and as long as you work hard towards that and understand that you're worthy to reach that, then um, I think that that's what's important. I couldn't agree more with you, you know, just, I think when, you know, when I was younger, it was one of those things that everything felt like such a big deal. You know, mm -hmm. if I failed the test or, you know, my boyfriend broke up with me, whatever that was, it felt so devastating. And now mm -hmm. that I'm older and I realize like, actually all of the things that happened in my life um, that were heartbreaking or were difficult or traumas that you overcome, all they do is make you stronger. It's, it's, mm -hmm. not, the, it's not the fall that matters. It's how you recover from the fall that matters. And so I think, mm -hmm. Um, I think it's such a great message to know that like failure, the only way that really you can fail is if you don't get back up, 
you know, mm-hmm. um, because failure, there's so much to learn in failure and failure is like what makes you grow. The setbacks are what make you grow. It's what makes you a better person. It's what makes you more empathetic. Mm-hmm. It brings an understanding that maybe you didn't have before. And um, I think it's just a really great message for everybody watching and listening right now to remember that um, even in your hardest, toughest days, um, even in your greatest failures, um, that you're not actually failing. You're just, um, you're, you're, falling into greatness. You're growing mm-hmm. more of who you are meant to be. So I just think that's such yeah. a beautiful message. And thank you so mm-hmm. much for sharing that. I kind of already talked about this because you just gave such great advice, but do you have any other kind of advice for maybe younger people who want to get into what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. how to kind of uh, inspire them or tell them, you know, actually, I wish I had known this when I started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that the main thing is to get out of your own way because I feel like in my journey I let like my insecurities or the fact that I didn't know something be a barrier when there's so many resources out there to help you whether it's you want to go to college and you don't know how to pay for it there's so many scholarships and organizations that are willing to help you just kind of have to speak up and say like the squeaky wheel gets the grease um you just have to like step up and and say like hey i need help um i think we a lot of the times like i said we get in our own head and we kind of sabotage ourselves out of great opportunities so i think my advice to someone who wants to do what I've done is like, just believe in yourself, be kind to yourself um, on the way and get out of your own head. Because I think we're so critical of what we're doing that we ourselves block opportunities. I think life is hard enough. The journey is going to be hard enough. Don't make it harder by being down on yourself. You know, and I think another thing is remembering that, um, it's kind of like a sum total of all of the effort that you put. So it's not you like put in the application to college and then the return is your diploma, right? So there's like studying, there's staying up late, missing out things with family, maybe um, people don't support you, whatever it may be. All of those things together will give you the final product. So remembering that in the hard times that like, yeah, this moment right now is really tough, but it is one moment in time that's going to add together to make me achieve my dream. I would love to know uh, a little bit about you and let everybody kind of get to know you. Can you tell us where you grew up and um, kind of just a little bit about your hobbies outside of healthcare and what kind of drives you with your passions? I was kind of a nomad. Um, my mom, we like moved a lot, but um, I was born in Buffalo, New York, and then I moved to the South and lived in the South until I was 14, um, mostly in Alabama. Um, and then at 14, I moved up to Massachusetts and I've been living in Massachusetts since then. So it's been uh, six, 16 years that I've been up North. So um, for a long time, I resisted the um, <laughs> idea that I was a Northerner because <laughs> um, to me, I loved the South and it was really hard for me to transition um, here. But now it's like, oh, okay, now now I'm just from the Northeast. <laughs> but what I like to do for fun, I am really into traveling. Um, the pandemic really um, obviously slowed that down, but I love to go um, travel not only like 
for fun, but um, visiting different like historical sites. Um, I've been to the Mayan ruins and to Acropolis in Greece. Um, so I really love like history and uh, things like that. And now that I'm not in school, it's a lot of fun because I can go back to like reading things that aren't medical. Um, and I like to try to stay active. I'm not always great at it, just being honest, but I really do value like fitness, getting a walk in, going for a hike, things like that. Traveling is so much fun because you learn, especially when you go, you're going to the Mayan ruins. That's awesome. Um, you get to see history, you know, things that have been there for thousands of years. And um, it's a really interesting experience when you go and you actually like even things that you read about, if it's even not medical, you just read about something and you actually get to go see it in person. It's a completely different experience. I definitely recommend um, traveling, even if it's in, in the United States, going and seeing, you know, the Grand Canyon and um, getting out there and just kind of seeing the world because it's such a big, big, big world. And sometimes we, I think, get lost in the fact that everything in our life is just like so important. But at the end of the day, it's a big world and there's a lot going on out there. Mm -hmm. um, you're just a really, really beautiful person. And I'm really Thank honored you. to have you on our podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I just, you know, sometimes I'm still in awe at everything that has happened because I think through those really hard times, there was really, really low days. And then you have days like this where I get to have like, um, see the fruit of the labor, you know, um, know that those sleepless nights and all of that was worth it because I get one, the opportunity to like do all of these um, podcasts and things like that, but also knowing that like my story will hopefully help someone who felt the way that I felt one day, you know? So I really appreciate the opportunity. And I have no doubts that you will continue to touch lives and inspire people to go after their dreams with that fire and passion that you have in you and that work, work ethic. Um, no matter what career people are in while they're listening to this podcast, I think that you just really prove that resilience and perseverance more than anything will, um, will always win in the end, you know, perseverance, it's, it's fall down seven times, get up eight, you know, like keep, yep. going, keep going. Yep. Janice, thank you so much for joining our crafting wellness podcast today. It has been such a pleasure getting to know you. You're incredibly inspiring. And for everyone watching and listening, um, I'm going to be linking all of her information in this video um, so that you can give her a follow and check her out. I'm sure she's more than welcome to um, give you advice or answer any questions that you may have. Yes, absolutely. Feel free to ask me any questions. Um, send me DMs. Um, and thank you again for the opportunity to be on this podcast.